Welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And uh, let me go ahead and introduce the crew. Guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, yes, we have from uh, California, I believe, today. Uh, and he usually doesn't like to give out his location, but we have retired FBI agent Colin Schmidt. So thanks for being on the show, Colin. Appreciate it. Also, uh, has um, some executive protection and PR kind of stuff that he does too. We'll be, be talking more about that a little later. And and Corporal David Diagrestra from the Tampa Bay area in Florida. So thanks for being on the show, guys. Appreciate it. Also, shout out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP. We have GallsGunler.com, MyMedicare.live, and we're fueled by Bang Energy. Now, talking about Bang, yes, Colin is holding. I think it's you got the guava. I think that you're drinking, Colin. That's got an excellent taste to it. I and you and you can vouch that I did recognize the can when you held it up earlier without even looking at the label. That's right. I knew that was the guava stuff. Good stuff. And yeah, I'm drinking the Star Blast. So no, I'm not drinking David's favorite, the the Rainbow Unicorn today. <laughs> I'm drinking the uh, Star Blast. So thanks, Bang, for the fuel. Uh, we appreciate it. Also, a shout out to Brian Burns with the free press for curing our content. And hey, 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 Colin, take it easy on the bang. I don't want you to, to you know, the code out on us here during the live show. And also, uh, hey, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media at redvoicemedia.com. You know, we're streaming the eight locations right now. YouTube is not one of those, but three of those actually belong to uh, to Red Voice Media. And those three Facebook pages have about one million followers. So, hey, thanks, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media, for helping to make that happen. Guys, we have a great lineup for you. We have some good topics. And, you know, we usually start off with the main topic. We're going to do that again today. They have a tendency to be a little bit deeper. We can dive a little bit uh, a, a little bit uh, more into the topic. So at lawofficer.com, we have the Border Patrol captures 127 migrants on the FBI terror watch list, and they were skirting around ports of entry in fiscal year 2023. How about that? I mean, hey, welcome to the U- the new United States. So U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we're going to refer to them as CBP. They reported that 127 foreign individuals, non-citizens, guys, they're listed on the FBI's terror watch list, and they tried to enter the U.S. illegally since the start of the fiscal year 2023. And this is what uh, the uh, Border Patrol agents are giving us. Now, the Border Patrol agents, they've uh, interceded uh, with the incursions at both the Canadian and the Mexican border. So remember, the, the Canadian border on the north side has been something that you don't really hear a lot. You just hear normally about the southern border of the Mexico side. So on Tuesday... Um, Customs and Border Protection, they published figures that showed terror watchlist apprehensions between eight months from October 2022 to May 2023, that they were actually higher than last year's 98 arrests that happened over a 12-month period, which until now had been the highest level in at least the last four years when comparable data became available, according to the Washington Examiner. Now, combining the 98 in 2022 with the 127 that are just this far so far in 2023, it represents a major spike from zero in 2019 when the U.S. border faced a uh, a, a smaller scale of humanitarian national crisis uh, in the in the border. In the, in, I'm sorry, in the Biden administration's border policy. So, nearly two dozen individuals on the terror watch list stopped in May alone were among more than 170,000 people that were arrested by Border Patrol agents found skirting around ports of entry and into the country illegally, according to the Examiner. So, look, and these are just the guys that we know about. Wow. Commentary, Colin Schmidt. Well, it's uh, that's basically the no-fly list. So it looks to me like these people are saying, hey, the border's porous. 
They couldn't get on planes. They couldn't get over here for whatever reason. Uh, most of them are pro uh, probably associated with uh, terrorist financing or some sort of terrorist group, or they might even be on the OFAC list. But now they're like, wait, the border's open. Why don't we take a chance? So that means that 127 they got, well, they look at the, the gotaways, you know, it's five times that many. So you can do it just a basic statistical calculation. So you're looking at maybe four or 500 people that are on that list that have gotten into the country. It's very scary because basically during the Trump administration, they knew if they tried, they were going to get caught. Now they know if they try, they're not going to get caught. And it's very, very discouraging for us former law enforcement guys to see this kind of mess that's there at the southern border. Wow. You know, David, yeah. my wife's family came over, you know, the legal way from Columbia, her mother did. And it's just I just I you hate to see stuff like this happen. You know, there, there's a difference between even though there's a, a, a very obvious nexus between illegal immigration and the spike in um, the captures of people on the terror watch list, uh, there's there's still a difference. And, you know, the what we're seeing in in this instance is almost the same as what we see in the hiring practices and the availability of quality law enforcement personnel. It's, it's both sides of that coin. You have and what we'll see and what we see often in, in videos is, is what appears to be, you know, who's training these cops? Who's, who's hiring these people? <clears throat> and all the uh, terror, terrorist watch list people getting across the border into the country. You're not going to see the results or the impact from these things, from the diminished hiring practices in law enforcement because of the, uh, the lack of personnel and the influx of terror suspects coming across the border because of lax border policies. You're not going to see the impact from those things for a couple, two, three, four years down the road. And that's the frightening thing is that, uh, like Colin said, you know, the, the numbers of people that are getting caught, you multiply that by somewhere between five and 10. And that tells you the number of people that have actually gotten through. Uh, that are on these terror watch lists. Uh, it, it is a frightening situation that, again, is not going to rear its ugly head for two, three, four years down the road. And then you'll start seeing the results of it. Um, and, and that's the unfortunate reality for uh, major cities, which are going to be targets, uh, people that start acting out their, you know, their their ideations of, of, uh, of jihad or whatever it happens to be. Uh, it's 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 coming. It's going to be a couple of years, a couple, three, four years, but you'll start seeing that influx or that uptick in that activity. And you'll be able to relate it right back to what we're experiencing today with the porous borders. You know, David, we uh, we've talked about and Colin, we talked about certain cities, you know, maybe the point of no return from just going south. And we think about, you know, Portland and Seattle and I. And, and, and San Francisco, even New York, you know, I know that we've got Dee Suarez on from Seattle, Washington, that's actually watching the show. So I, uh, I shout out to, uh, to Dee. Um, but, you know, and talking about this border situation, you're, you're right about we're going to see the results of this years to come. I've heard President uh, Donald Trump talking about if he's reelected, what he's going to do to try to curtail some of this and try to capture these guys. I mean, let me tell you, and, and the send them back. But yeah, he would have his, definitely have his work cut out for him unless he takes those what, 75 or 80-some thousand IRA, new IRS agents and converts them <laughs> to over the ice and has them join that effort. You know, I don't know how they do that. 
Well, and just to echo everything that David is saying, what they've created now is a huge sleeper cell problem. Yeah. So we have all these people coming through, and then you have foreign counter or foreign intelligence services that are they're just throwing everybody at the border and putting them in and integrating them into all of all of American life. And and frankly, the FBI can't keep track of them because there's too many of them. So the only thing the FBI is going to be able to do is react to a, a another shooting or another uh, catastrophic action. And then, of course, the policies get involved and then they'll say, well, can we trace it back to the border and all this and that? But the bottom line is David hit the nail on the head. It will will really feel it in three or four years from now. There's a lag. But when we feel it, it'll be it'll be devastating to these, especially these big cities like New York and Los Angeles and San Francisco. Yeah. You know, an, an interesting thing, you know, you, you keep, when you look at statistics and you're constantly um looking at the effects of, of gun violence and, you know, versus the second amendment rights and all these types of things and the different statistics that float around having to do with all these things, the border porous issue with, with these uh, terror watchlist people coming in and whatnot. And you ask yourself, where are they going? When they come through the border, where are they, where are they going? Yes. Yes. They're going to Los Angeles. They're going to Portland. They're going to Seattle. They're going to New York. They're going to Philadelphia. They're going to St. Louis. They're going to Chicago. They're going to Detroit. They're not going out into the middle of nowhere. Maybe initially to hide, then they get their feet on the ground, and then they go to the major cities. Fantastic, amazing statistics that say that the United States on a world scale is like out of 190-something countries, we're like in the top five in gun violence. But if you take if you take the numbers of gun of incidents of gun violence that occur in these major cities, Chicago, Detroit, there was like seven or eight of them, Chicago, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, um, St. Louis, there might have been a couple others. If you take the numbers from those cities out of the statistics, we dropped to like 180 something out of 190 something countries in gun violence. Wow. So just the core violence that is occurring in those cities is what drives the gun violence numbers, the, the statistics on a worldwide basis. Now you add this to it. Oh, my goodness. You want to talk about a, 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 a perfect storm about to occur. And then, like I said, in the next four or five years. Oh, just oh, wait. Oh. And then you add into that the 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 uh, the war on police, defunding, demanding police departments where they their numbers are down. They don't have the personnel. They don't have the training. They don't have anything. Yeah, wait, what's coming? Well, well and uh, and one other thing I'll just throw in there is all the children that are being exploited uh, from these uh, foreign countries that are coming across the border through the human trafficking and the women as well. It's just the, the cartels have figured out that human trafficking is a lot more lucrative than drug trafficking because you can use that vessel, so to speak, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times, and then they just throw it away. So it's just an absolute disgrace of what's going on at that southern border. Well, they, they double it up. It's not only human trafficking, but they they layer it. The human trafficking now becomes the drug trafficking, all in the same all in the same boat, the same truck, the same van, the same body is 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 both. Talk about a vessel, you know the the oh it's it's amazing the how bad it, it really is that people just don't realize. Well, you know it it's good to be educated and be aware of what's going on. So hopefully our listeners you know are paying attention. 
And uh, and look, we're, we don't want it to be all doom and gloom. So our goal is to start coming some more positive stuff in the news. But look, right now, commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, Motion DSP. They've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years with a robust suite of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. The Motion DSP software is easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise, and you can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automating tracking feature and forensics, a suite of enhancement filters, achieving results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. Now, Spotlight is built specifically for redaction. It works with video from any camera source, and using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information that saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame redaction and forensic enhancement software that allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super-resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. And you can actually get forensically valid evidence from low-quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products by simply going to motiondsp.com. If you haven't been there before, do it today, motiondsp.com. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, MyMedicare.Live. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, uh, moving along, hopefully something uh, not as doom and gloomish. Uh, on Policetribune.com, they have a breaking story. A deputy hospitalized after a shooting or after shooting a driver who repeatedly rammed his patrol car. So, look, we do not have a video component to this. Uh, I thought it was interesting enough to go ahead and include you know, on our news segment. So we're in Abella Gardens, California. So Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputy has been hospitalized in unknown condition after a suspect rammed the deputy's patrol car during an attempted traffic stop that happened on Thursday morning. So this incident happens about 4.30 in the morning on June 22nd, according to CBS News. So it's early in the morning. It's going to be dark outside. Deputy was trying to pull a white vehicle over when the uh, driver suddenly rams the deputy's patrol unit, but he does it multiple times. So the uh, KABC news helicopter reports having spotted a white SUV. It had bullet holes to the windshield. I'm sure those came from the deputy. The Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department said the suspect was transported to the hospital with gunshot wounds, according to the KNBC. Uh, the suspect condition was not immediately released, and the uh, sheriff's office confirmed that the injured deputy was also rushed to the hospital in unknown condition, according to the KTLA. So obviously we've got a, lo- a lot of news stories involved in this, uh, in this story, and the investigation's ongoing. But it's it, at least it's good to to see that. Look, we have a lot of deputies, especially in California, that are hesitant to the fire of the weapons. And whenever you start talking about moving vehicles and the the liability and the things, the decision making, the things that go on with shooting occupants or people that are in moving vehicles, it can go south very quickly. So we hope the deputy's doing you know survives and does well. But at least he put shots on target. The bad guys in the hospital because it looks like the deputy shot him through the windshield. Colin. Well, I'm just going to jump in about the L.A. Uh, Sheriff's Department. Well, uh, it is frankly one of the best sheriff's departments in the entire country. And I had the uh, 
distinct pleasure of getting to work with them on a few cases. And then where I'm at in Riverside County is another fantastic sheriff's department and very blessed to have it. And uh, I'm going to kind of turn it over to David on the use of force issue. But frankly, those deputies down there, they are in a, in a war zone because of the DA that's there. And I just think those deputies are, are just kind of are, are frankly warriors on top of having to deal with all the politics, but dealing with the chaos that's going on in that county right now. Thanks. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure about the L.A. County Sheriff's Office anymore, Colin, since uh, Luna took over down there. Uh, there's some interesting things going on. Um, although I, you know, I, there wasn't enough information to really go into the, the use of force issues. And uh, this is Butters on our stream saying that there is a cell phone video of it somewhere, but we don't have it. So not a whole lot I can talk about other than good for the deputy, you know, get for hopefully getting the job done. All right. Well, thanks. Well, this is Butter, you know, uh, hooks us up with all these videos. So, look, if you go to the Rumble.com and look up the This Is Butter channel, uh, you know, I highly recommend it. I think it's the best law enforcement video channel out there. And you notice I didn't say YouTube because even if you go to the YouTube.com, uh, you're really you're going to see our name on there. You're not going to find any of our videos on there. You know, YouTube has been canceling people with great uh, content, especially law enforcement and conservative content. So, uh, so Rumble.com, it is a great and fantastic uh, replacement for YouTube, and the best thing about it is, is they're not canceling. Uh, it's they allow all content to survive there, and they uh, and they don't they don't do what you experience at YouTube. So I, I'm really highly against supporting. I hate to even go to YouTube for anything anymore because uh, I feel like I'm supporting them, and they're really a, a horrible service uh, that likes to censor unless you're talking about what they want you to talk about. Um, so guys, thanks for the commentary on on this story. Let's uh let's let's hop into our first story uh, that's got a video component and of course we're going to be going to this is butter so rumble.com this is butter's the channel Denver police they release surveillance video of an ambush attack on an officer outside of a quality end Shots fired, I'm hit. Shots fired, I'm hit. 26019, where you at? 26019, I'm hit. Now, I will tell you that, you know, I never know from one day to the next really what we're going to be covering because we cover the news and the issues from a law enforcement perspective, but that can change day to day. So we're really covering the news and the issues that have occurred over the last 24-hour period. And yes, I've got set sources, you know, that I go to to get the news stories. And these are, look, I've dumped um, certain sources that that we've got caught with our pants down on before because they didn't really do a great job of journalism. So we use good sources that are vetted. And uh, and this is butter. That's why we use this as butter for you know almost all of our video content. So this news story, and it's hard to find one that doesn't have a video component, you know, today when you cover the news. But for our radio and podcast, we're describing great detail what's going on, so you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. So this particular one, Denver Police, they uh, released a surveillance video of this ambush attack. All of us are outside the Quality Inn. The shooting happened around four o'clock in the morning again outside a Quality Inn. So Denver Police said that an unprovoked man walked out of the hotel. He walks directly towards a more patrol, a patrol car that had arrived a few minutes earlier, and he shot an officer that's sitting inside the driver's seat, but he shot him through the passenger window, and he does it multiple times. So, yeah, there's a video of this. It, 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 it's kind of hard to watch, but 
I, I, I for one, was impressed with the, with, the, with the quick response from the deputy. Of course, you know, he's got a lot to lose, right? But the officer, he exits the patrol car. He moves to the back while returning fire. He hits the, the suspect multiple times. The officer then calls for backup, who took the suspect into custody. So the suspect is identified as 35-year-old uh, Nicholas Lendrum, and the agency said that investigators determined he fired. He fired. This is the bad guy fired um, 18 shots from a Glock 9-millimeter handgun, and he was carrying a magazine with an additional 16 rounds. He was also carrying a loaded 38 caliber revolver that was not fired during the incident. So Lendrum, our bad guy, dies from multiple gunshot wounds after being transported. He was shot by the cop that he that he was trying to you know to uh, to ambush. The officer was also taken to the hospital after three gunshots hit his bulletproof vest, but they did not penetrate his body. The officer suffered pain and significant bruising to the areas where the gunshots hit his vest, and he's since been released from the hospital. Investigators determined that our bad guy uh, drove to the hotel. He parked on the west side of the building just after 4 a.m. And after remaining near his vehicle for several minutes, he walks past patrol car without any interaction with the officer. And he goes into the hotel. And you actually see that in the video. And then you see him. It, well, I guess he asked the clerk about prices to rent a room, determines it's too expensive. And then he walks out of the hotel. And that's when he engaged the, the deputy uh, and pretty much ambushes him through that passenger window. Um, David, why don't you start us off with this one? Yeah, you know that. The, uh, the scenario is leaves a lot of questions, of course, what the guy's um, intent was when he pulled into the hotel. Was he there to ambush the deputy? Did he see him? Did he go there with that specifically in mind and then use the going into the, the, the lobby as a ploy to get close? And this is one of those situations where when you watch it, he walks past the front of the patrol car and you see the deputy inside the patrol car see the guy. And you can see the deputy in there. He's typing on his computer. He's doing his thing. But he's he's. He's, he's, he's alert. His head is up. The guy comes out of the front doors of the car and immediately starts to engage him through the, through the passenger window of the car. Um, and the deputy, when, when you say exit the vehicle, he bail, I, that was a bail. That was a bailout. And, and there was no messing around. He, he left immediately onto the ground, out of the way. Get, get the heck out of here as fast as I possibly can. And we'll pick All right, up guys, come back. Commercial from break. We'll be right back. All right, guys, it's time to talk about Galls, and hopefully Corporal David can help me out with this one. And we're talking about Galls at Galls.com slash Leo. So you guys, of course, listen to the show. You guys absolutely have to know who Galls is by now. They're the country's leading uniform clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. And they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty belts and tactical gear. And as Captain Brett Bartlett always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. I mean, it's a one-stop shop. So they're always running specials, you know, on their website. Corporal David, what can you tell us about what's going on today? Man, they, they, they're moving stuff around. They're putting different stuff on sale, but they've got a 30% off on public safety gear or wear brands clothing. Uh, which is fantastic. All different, all different brands and styles. Um, another forty percent off. You know, top selling brands. They're they're moving some sales around. They've got some good stuff going on here. It's hard to keep track of. There's so much. Golfs.com slash Leo guys. Check it out and check it out today. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. And I got producer Jimmy to my left, and in front of me, I've got you know my nephew came down from uh, from uh, Dahlonega, Georgia area. So uh, uh, Josh is watching the show, getting a firsthand glimpse into how Jimmy do- Jimmy's making his job look a lot difficult, a lot more difficult than it really is. I think just to kind of like impress my nephew. I don't know, Jimmy. I'm not real sure. Is, it, are the, is the plate spinning too much? I've only shattered a couple of them so far. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all good. Uh, but look, any more commentary on the last video, David? Go ahead. Yeah, um, just getting started. Kind of the the <laughs> the the deputy 
gets out of the car in a, in a hurry onto the ground, scrambles, but then he gets into the fight. I mean, there's no hesitation. The gun comes out and he's in the fight around the car. The bad guy takes uh, some rounds, realizes, oh, crap. And he tries to he tries to make distance. The deputy stays on it and puts him down. Good for him. He got hit three times in the vest. I've never been shot, never been hit in the vest. But I know that the impacts from those, even though they don't penetrate a ballistic vest, are intense and very painful. So kudos to the deputy. Now the tactical stuff. Sometimes we talk about having a little bit of good luck involved in these things. And this deputy had a little bit. If that, And we thank God oftentimes the bad guys aren't that tactically inclined because this guy, if he had walked around to the driver's side of the vehicle, he'd have trapped the deputy in the car. The deputy would have had no way to, nowhere to go and he'd have killed him. But this case, he walked to the passenger side of the vehicle, started shooting through that window, which gave the deputy an exit. The deputy took it, thankfully. Secondly, when, when, when you're parking your car in, in a place these days, especially, you've got to take into, into account of, of your surroundings. What is going on? Where is the traffic zones that people traverse on a regular basis? You've always got to put yourself into a position when you park your vehicle so that if someone is walking towards you across the parking lot or driving towards you across the parking lot or in a parking lot or anywhere, You've got to be able to know that the only reason they're coming this way is because they're coming toward you. There's nothing else over here that they could be coming to. In this case, when the deputy parked, he parked right next to the front door of the hotel. So anybody coming and going out of this hotel was going to come right past his car. So when he sees this guy walking toward his car, uh, what's he doing? Is he coming to me? Is he just walking back to his car? There's that lapse of time that gives the bad guy the opportunity to come upon you and start his actions. That was the tactical misstep that that this deputy made was parking his car where he did. Otherwise, once the fight started, he was in it and, and he, he, he capitalized on every advantage he had and he did the right thing. He did a good job. But again, we've, I've talked about it before. It's these small tactical errors or these small tactical oops that we make that can end up costing us. And it almost did, but, but he came out of it and good for him. Excellent breakdown, David. Uh, and I, I see we have a, uh, Nicholas is from, uh, watching from Austria. So uh, thanks for watching the show, uh, Nicholas. Uh, Colin. Uh, just real quick. Um, you got three things going on here that really frustrates me about our society. Number one, mental health issues and mental health with drugs. Number two, the, the inability or the, the refusal by these big city DAs to enforce the gun laws that are on the books. And number three, the constant demonization of these police officers is, is basically causing a lot of this nonsense where these people are now decided, well, I'm, you know, the, the police officer, he's the reason why my life is such a, a mess. And so uh, I'm, I'm just, I just shudder to think about how this is, is going to get more and more common because of just a lack of will by our society to say, hey, enough is enough. We need to start getting control of these cities and start supporting our police. Thanks, Colin. Good commentary, gentlemen. Well, look, moving along, I, think, I don't think we have to go, uh, go too far because, you know, we're still going to be at uh, Rumble.com and this is butter. But we have a man tased and arrested after firing a gun on 14th Street in Midtown. Okay, 
<laughs> you know, I know that there haven't been a whole lot of videos coming out, so we've been having like in the reaching from the pile over the last few days. But man, I'll tell you, usually over the weekend, we just get, you know, when we do a Monday show, man, there's just so many videos from over the weekend. That did not happen this past weekend. Apparently, they waited until Thursday before all the crazies went out and all the police shooting stuff happened because we've got, we just have an assortment of videos to cover. When I was doing the research for the story over the last 24-hour period before the day show, oh my gosh, the stuff to pick from has been crazy. So yeah, so this guy tastes, and this this one is on, this is butter, it's just crazy. So on June the 16th, 2023, it's 1.55 in the morning. Look, everything's happening apparently at 2 or 4 o'clock in the morning on all these stories. But we're in Atlanta. So yeah, so we've got, yeah, my... uh uh, my nephew's neck of the woods here. Atlanta police officers respond to a criminal trespass call. So when they get there, the officers canvass the parking lot, locate a vehicle with the window shot out and with a single shell casing round on the ground. So officers were provided a description of the suspect. They continued looking through the area until they locate a male that matches the description. So officers, they attempted to detain the suspect for questioning and they gave him loud verbal commands to drop the weapon and the surrender. So he's got a weapon, right, in his hand. The male continues ignoring the officer's commands and appears to have discharged around from his firearm in unknown directions as the officers attempt to engage him. Now, I write in my notes, that's a lie. He's actually actively firing the weapon while he's walking away from police. So look, when you watch the video and then you read this article, you think, man, what in the world are they talking about, as David would say? So officers on the scene, they say they, they, uh, they, uh, strategize a tactical approach towards a suspect with both lethal and less lethal use of force options to engage a suspect. Man, I can't wait for David to pick this one apart. It says as officers close the distance between themselves and the suspects, they successfully deployed their city-issued tasers to render the suspect immobile. Well, let me tell you, there's a female cop that's falling behind this guy, and she kept saying, hey, I need to get close. She, she's she's so far away from the guy, and she's discharging her taser. Obviously, unless she's got one of the, the new tasers that I think they go up to like the 45 feet, I mean, she's just way too far away to be deploying a, a taser because, you know, they have that distance gap. Like every every three feet you are away, um, it, the taser probes, you know, they have that what that 12-inch spread. And, uh, you know, so she's just way too far away, and she finally gets close enough to the guy to successfully – do the, uh, the taser deployment. But remember, the guy's got a gun in his hand, and he's firing it. Uh, so they successfully deployed tasers. She gets lucky with a taser deployment. Officers detain the suspect and recover a firearm from his person. You know, when she gets lucky enough to get the taser deployment, the gun falls out of his hand when he goes down, and he's on the ground on his back, and they rush him. But, man, the gun, it's right there. That's all I'm going to say. You guys you guys take it from here. But it's just a wild, it's a wild video uh, to watch and we'll have it up tomorrow nine o'clock at rumble.com on the produced version of the show colin well I, i'm gonna kind of defer on david on this one because he's gonna oh. chew this up and down so <laughs> yeah uh, but uh you know it, it comes back to uh, a couple of things here number one obviously they should have they, they were would have been authorized to use lethal force and number two um it comes down to fitness and athleticism you know she's she's trailing behind the guy instead of closing that distance and getting it done and then as we all know and everybody that listens is you know time and space equals uh, either safety or death and you know there was a long time before they were able to engage this guy and take care of it and every second you you wait or it goes on it gets worse and worse for everybody there so with the nods from david i'm going to turn it over to him <laughs> no, no i i don't want to talk about it it's this is such a pathetic example of non-action on the part of law enforcement that it's it's almost beyond um, description. You, you have let's start with the female that that the main body camera was from. 
And to be quite honest, I don't even know if it was actually her that made the final uh, taser deployment to knock the guy down. I really, I'm really not sure. But all she kept doing was screaming over and over and over, hands, 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 H-A-N-D-S, hands, 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 over and over and over, screaming as she's walking behind this guy with a gun who's firing it indiscriminately in midtown Atlanta. So my question is, at what point do you deploy lethal use of force in Atlanta now? Does this guy have to shoot a civilian who he comes across in the street? Does he have to turn and shoot a police officer who's trailing behind him before you'll go lethal? I mean, what does it take in Atlanta to utilize deadly force? What does it take? Because this is another one of the scenarios that we see as Colin alleged that at some point in time, one of those bullets that he's shooting off in the air is going to hit someone at some point. I mean, how long do you wait? And and what kind of screaming nonsense is that? I don't think I heard a, a, a legitimate command to police stop. I think somebody did say get on the ground a couple of times. But at what point do you just shut your mouth, shut your mouth and get to work? Because as our friend would say, Fred Brett would say all the time, you, you tell them once or twice what you think the fourth or fifth time they're suddenly going to go, oh, oh, you're talking to me and suddenly comply. This is an example of what are they hiring and what are they training? I mean, honestly, this is, again, another, and I can't say the most pathetic because we've seen so many over the last few years of police failing or having the inability or not being trained to do their job. Um, If you don't want to protect yourself or your partners, okay, commit suicide walking down the street with an idiot with a gun. But you do have other citizens that live in that place that wandering the streets, perhaps, that you have the duty to protect. God, do your job. Hold that thought. Hey, commercial break. We'll be right back. All right. You know, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. Gunlearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning. They've made it easy. Gunlearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offers a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is, is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start the day with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar, and you can actually get free training for yourself and all the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. You'll be glad that you did, and they've got a pretty cool quiz at the beginning of the website, gunlearn.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, uh, I think David ground out a molar <laughs> on this yeah. on this last one, unfortunately. We're, and we're hearing from, uh, from uh, uh, I guess, uh, Ivan Navarro uh, about Spain and what's going down over there. Uh, but, David, go ahead. Yeah, and just to be clear, there were multiple opportunities where the officers in Atlanta there had plenty of good backdrop to, to use lethal force in, in a safe way or as the safest way possible for everybody else. And there's such a thing as as best practices. And then there's the the attitude that seems to be becoming more and more prevalent in some of these liberal cities uh, with law enforcement is, 
well, what all ends well it is well what ends well kind of a thing. It's the, oh, well, I guess it worked out, so that's okay. And there's a huge difference between that and best practices. And that's what's happening now. Um, and, and it's it's a, a horrific road to go down because sooner or later your luck's going to run out and it's not going to end well. And I never knew that. I, I just found out that this is Butter's comedian. He was busting uh, Bob Kroll still trying to unmute his mic or something. That's <laughs> Backstory, but he knows what it's about. Yeah, I saw I saw that. I, I wasn't going to show that post because I didn't want to make it publicly available. But, yeah, David just took care of that for me. So thanks, David. So, hey, uh, so Ivan and Nicholas talking about Spain. I went to when I was in Spain talking with the cops there. I found out that they're only allowed to shoot at bad guys, not if they're discharging their gun, but if they're discharging it at them. They have to be shot at first before they can return fire. And right after I left, there was a cop that actually shot a bad guy. Here, it would have been completely justified, but because the bad guy wasn't technically shooting at him at the time, that cop was still in jail, last I heard. So just um, some horrible stuff um, going on in Spain. Very disappointing. So, uh, But moving along here, guys, great commentary. So thanks for that coverage. Let's uh, jump back. Um, police one, firings overturned for five Philly police officers that were fired over social media posts. So, uh, yeah, interesting. You know, we always you know talk about, you know, be careful about what you write. Sometimes the agency head's got to do the right thing, cover their butts by letting you go and you got to fight arbitration, whatever, to get the job back. And sometimes it works out. So the Philadelphia Police Department's 2019 move to fire 15 officers and discipline scores of others over the Facebook posts that were deemed racist, discriminatory, or otherwise offensive has, uh, it was hailed at the time as unprecedented. And they said in, in the article that a strikingly forceful step by an agency often criticized for lacking internal accountability. But in the four years since then, five of the officers who were forced off the job, they've uh, had their firings reversed through arbitration. Only one firing has been upheld by an arbitrator hearing in the case. It says that uh, six other appeals remain pending. Three of the officers' claims were resolved through settlements with the city. And of those who won their grievances, some chose to retire rather than to go back to work. And meanwhile, some officers who were suspended have also seen their penalties downgraded, a decision that has allowed them to collect back pay for some of the time that they were actually on the bench. And in addition to that, a group of some of those same officers, they're seeking an even bigger payout, uh, court awarded damages in a lawsuit they filed accusing the department of violating the First Amendment rights. And a federal appeals court recently said the case could move forward, reversing a previous judge's decision to toss out the lawsuit. So that's kind of where we're at on that. So there may be may not be any commentary, but apparently uh, there is. Go ahead, Colin. So uh, my last five years in the Bureau, I was training new agents, and I told them over and over and over again, shut down your social media, get off social media. And and I remember uh, uh, very vividly, I had an agent working for me when I was a supervisor, and uh, she had some uh, Facebook postings that were old, and actually they were new. And uh, of course, the other agents being smart asses got a hold of that and they started printing them out and posting them all over the office. So uh, bottom line is not only is this this is a felony stupidity, but it's also this is going to reflect not only on your ability to testify based upon what you're putting out there in social media. So with every law enforcement officer out there, if you want to be on social media just to read other people's nonsense and narcissistic, uh, you know, uh, aberrations and postings, so be it. But don't post anything. All right. Yes. Yes. Very, very true and very accurate. But the the other side of this whole thing is is that that same that same story that we've talked about before. It's all great. Everybody, you know, everybody gets fired. Everybody gets disciplined. Everybody gets this and that. And then it's got to go through due process. 
And then it all starts getting ground out in the courts and ground out with arbitrators and what and whatnot. And now you're seeing the result of that. You're finding out, oh, well, gee, I guess it wasn't quite as bad as what they made it out to be in the beginning. Oh, well, gee, that post didn't really mean what they said it meant. And people are getting undisclosed settlements from the city. Uh, civil suits are being allowed to go forward, even though they're saying it's it's a, it's going to be a, a, a rough hill to climb to get any money out of the out of the a federal violation of, of First Amendment rights. Um, it, it's still one of those things where that knee jerk reaction, which some of our panelists, our friend John Newman, Chief John Newman, Brett Bartlett will say the same thing. A lot of times these these agencies will just go, you know what, we're hacking off the hand so that we can save the arm, and I get that. But I, what I don't like is now you're nobody else is covering the fact that all these things are now getting overturned, or most of them are. A lot of them are getting reduced. Guys are getting their jobs back. Things are happening. Like what Colin said, there's going to be an issue with with court testimony and, and being a you know a, a decent witness, a credible witness in the future. But a lot of these guys are retiring. They're taking settlements from the city, all that sort of stuff. That just in the end, you see once once it starts going through the the, the due process issues with courts and arbitrators yeah um it's not quite as horrendous as what they all made it out to be at the beginning all right guys we'll move on real quick i got think i got time for this last one rumble.com this is better our favorite channel baton rouge police they released body cam footage of a shooting of an off-campus apartment complex near lsu Put it down. Put the put it down. Put it. Put it. Stop off. Put it down. Put the put it down. So uh, just listen to this. We've uh, well, we're, we're covering a, a lot of content today. According to police, the shooting happened just after 7:15 in the evening, Saturday, October the 8th, to the Baton Rouge Police officers. They're originally called to the scene for a public assistance situation involving an emotionally disturbed person. Okay, that could that could mean anything, or, or my nephew's you know situation. It could mean half the girls he's gone out with. Okay, so the officers arrived at the scene and heard gunshots uh, being fired. Thank you, Jimmy. So the 25-year-old suspect was on the second floor outdoor. He's out. He's on an outside balcony. The cop, they're trying to locate, but they hear the shots going off. So they finally pinpoint the sound, and he has to go up an outside staircase to get up to that second floor balcony. Cop gets up there, turns the corner. The dude's sitting there on the, uh, you know, on the balcony in a chair, and he's got a gun in his lap, a semi-automatic pistol. And the cop shines the spot, the uh, the spot, the uh, flashlight on him, sees the gun, and he tells him, you know, to uh, to hey, put it down. And the suspect, he racks the slide back while the gun's laying in his lap, pointing at the officer. 
And then he and he points at the he keeps it pointing at the cop. The cop looked like he fires at the uh, at the bad guy before retreating and falling down the staircase. The officers, because there's more than one cop there, they fire at the suspect. They strike him in the upper body area. Suspect's taken to the hospital, expected to survive. Uh, surprisingly, the officer suffered minor injuries during the incident, probably because he was falling down the stairs. So, Balak Chavez, 25 years old, he's taken to prison on two counts of attempted first degree murder of a police officer. And, uh, you know, so that's our bad guy. Illegal use of a firearm and then possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. So, yeah, he's a prohibited person. That happened on Wednesday, October the 12th. Police said the shooting happened four days earlier than that, and it happened at the Hub apartment complex. Of course, the uh, Hub brings back other stories for people like me and David when they had, like, the acquire uh, practice after work. But uh, call, uh, stories on this, guys, go ahead. Anybody wants to uh, start off? Just uh, – just well, remember just, the statute of limitations on Colin, whatever, before you say anything. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, it comes right back now. I mean, and once again, you know, the, the, the tactics here were in question when the cops were at the bottom of the staircase. I mean, there was there was no cover. There was no concealment. They were wide out, wide open. And the guy was sliding down the stairs one step at a time with a gun on his right side. And I, I the, this guy should actually be thanking these police officers for actually saving his life because they were completely authorized to. Uh, you know, under any any deadly force policy to take care of business. Yeah, shoot him a bunch more. Um, uh, th this video was so bizarre, there's no way I have anywhere near enough time to talk about it. So all I would say is go to This Is Butter, check out the video, and make your own decisions about what these cops did and what they didn't do. And it was just bizarre to, to watch, just completely bizarre. Their yeah. Their actions as well as the bad guy's actions and – it was bizarre. You can't make this stuff up. Yeah. There's a lot of benefit to having video, uh, video of this. Uh, you know, when we first started the show, we didn't have a lot of videos, did we, David? And, uh, and, and today, of course, we're turning stories. Uh, we're leaving stories on the table with some great video. We have so much to choose from, you know, typically. So, uh, uh, so anyhow, guys, hopefully, uh, you guys, people watching our show, whether cops, Leo's or civilians, you can take something positive away from what we've, uh, what we've just covered for you guys. So, uh, that pretty much uh, brings us to the conclusion of the day's show. And, guys, look, you can catch us, you know, live Monday through Friday there during the lunch hour, that 12 to 1 p.m. time slot on Eastern Time. And, of course, you know, we're on 36 radio stations right now. So besides the live show on seven Boss Hog radio stations that are in the Florida area, you know, we're throughout the country on a total of uh, 36 radio stations. And we've got radio syndicator Joe Spare getting us on more uh, every month. So we're, we're growing like crazy. So appreciate everybody's support. Um, I want to give a shout-out. Um, to actually to Randy Sutton's charity. It's the 501c3, the Wounded Blue, the woundedblue.org, a, a fantastic charity helping cops out with PTSD and some from other ailments that their departments aren't covering them on. So please check them out at the woundedblue.org. Uh, also shout out to the Motion DSP, golfsgunlearn.com, mymedicare.live, Bang Energy. Thanks for the fuel. Another huge shout out to Ray Dietrich from Red Voice Media uh, for letting us borrow one million of their uh, their Facebook users. And yes, Colin's still working on that on that uh, Bang Energy. So thanks, guys. Hope everybody has a wonderful and safe week.